Thank you for downloading or streaming this message from Emmanuel Church. We are one church with multiple locations, and we believe God wants to bless you right where you are. In a few moments, you're going to hear some practical teaching from God's Word that I believe will be inspiring and relevant to your life. First, though, if you haven't yet experienced Emmanuel Live, we encourage you to go to our website, eclife.org, to check out our service times and locations so that you can experience Emmanuel in person or through our online campus. If this message blesses you and you'd like to support the ministry financially, again, you can go to eclife.org and click on the Giving tab and choose Online Campus at your campus. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope this message will be an encouragement to you on your spiritual journey. Well, good morning, Emmanuel Church. How you doing this morning? Everybody staying dry? I hope so. We're so glad that you're here with us today. If this is your first time with us, we want to welcome you. We're so glad that you decided to come and check it out today just a little bit. Everybody, put your hands together and welcome those one more time who are at one of our campuses for the very first time. We're so glad that you chose to worship with us today. Uh, I want to welcome every one of you on our online campus or at one of our e-micro sites, uh, also at one of our multi-site campuses at Garfield Park. Uh, welcome. How about all of you at Banta today or, or at Franklin today or even right here in Greenwood? We're so glad that you guys are here with us today, but I want to save the best for last. Seymour, there you go. We want to welcome you, Seymour. They're screaming right now. I know you can't hear it, but they are screaming so loud. Uh, yeah, give it up. Come on, everybody. Would you just give it up for all of our campuses today? We're so glad that you guys are with us today. Wow, what a blessing it is to be a part of Emmanuel Church. My name is Andy Schroeder. I'm the campus pastor in Seymour, if you couldn't tell that already. But uh, I'm so glad to be with you here today. I want to introduce to you uh, my family, just to tell you a little bit about myself as we get started. But uh, this is my family right here. Uh, In the middle, this is my lovely wife, Leanne, uh, and she's our children's director at our campus, and she's here with us with me today and encouraging and supporting me in that. And and this past Monday, we celebrated 35 years of marriage. So hey, give it up for that, huh? That's pretty awesome. How did we celebrate it? We celebrated it at camp. That's how we celebrated it. But anyway, uh, babe, I love you. Uh, right here, we have my oldest son. This is Mark. He's in the beard there. He looks kind of like a lumberjack. He is that because he lives in Texas. He builds log homes, and that's what he does for a living. This is his wife, Taryn, and our first grandson, Bennett. They all live in Texas. Over here, this is Aaron, and Aaron and his wife, Ellie, they live in Denver. Colorado, and Aaron is a youth pastor at the Flatirons Community Church in the Denver, Colorado area there, and is doing a fantastic job. Uh, Next to Aaron is our son, our third son, Adam, and Adam is a police officer uh, in North Glen, Colorado, which is a suburb of Denver, and we're so proud of them. I I used to say that we were going to have just eeny, meeny, miny, and no mo. (laughs) This is mo right here. Actually, his name is Drew. Drew is a sophomore, going to be a sophomore this fall at Liberty University. I know you've heard about that school, and uh, we we love that school, and that's where Drew is at. But that's my family right there. And just a few weeks ago, we were blessed in our family to have even more grandchildren right here. Check this out. We had twins uh, in Colorado. This is Aspen, great name in Colorado. This is Colt, great name for Indianapolis, right? But anyway... 
Aspen and Cold, would you guys all just help me out and go, ah, there you go. That's great. And one of the other exciting things is this. Next Sunday in Texas, we're going to have another grandchild born to Mark and Taryn, another boy. So we're going to have four grandchildren. I know you're looking at me and you're thinking, I don't look old enough to, ha- to be a grandpa, but I am a grandpa. Yes, I am. And everyone in Seymour right now, you guys are shocked. I know you're shocked because none of them knew that I was a grandpa. I've never said that before. Uh, yeah, right, right, right. But anyway, uh, so glad to share my family with you. So glad to be here with you. Uh, Axe to Grind is the series that we're in. The first week, Aaron Beasley, he did a fantastic job of reminding us that we don't have to play the victim card. We are more than victorious through Jesus Christ. Wasn't that a great message? And then last week, Matt Scobell, um, by the way, who's from Seymour, uh, he had a great message on anxiety. And you know, I tried to put into practice that because I was super anxious about uh, this weekend and I kept trying to remove the thought that I was speaking this weekend, but then everybody kept saying, Andy, you're speaking this weekend. And so anyway, it was a mess. The anxiety was driving me crazy, but this is the last service. So hey, we got this thing, but it's been awesome. I tell you what, we are so blessed uh, with amazing communicators at our church. How about that? Pastor Danny Anderson, week in and week out, communicating the word of God. He's such, he's one of the most gifted communicators I have ever heard. And I'm so blessed to be under his leadership. Can we give it up today for our pastor, Pastor Danny Anderson, praying for him as he's on his study break. We have so many other gifted communicators, Pastor Aaron, Pastor Matt last week, Pastor Cody next week. Have any of you ever heard Pastor Clarence speak to our students? I mean, my gosh, wow, incredible. Uh, We've got Pastor Rachel, Pastor Ashley, who just just do an amazing job communicating the word of God. I don't have any pressure on me at all today, do I? You know, it's it's, it's a terrible thing when somebody comes to church and they leave more confused than when they walked in. Too bad that's happening in some of our churches today. But I pray that today you are here not by mistake. Every one of you, God has a purpose and a reason why you're here. Even if this is your very first time and you're just checking out church, I believe there's a purpose and a reason you're here in this place or at one of our campuses right now. God doesn't make mistakes in that way. He has a plan and a purpose for all of us to be together to hear God's word. And so I hope that I can communicate clearly today. So here we go. Several years ago, I moved from Texas to Seymour. And it wasn't there just, but just a few weeks. And I got a phone call one night about Larry and Bev, a couple in our town who had a business that they had built for years. They had built this successful business just outside of Reddington, Indiana. And tragedy hit, a fire started. There were so many chemicals in the building that the whole business just burned to the ground. I picked up the phone and I didn't even know them, but I got their number and I called them and I just said, hey, listen, Larry Bev, I'm a pastor. My name's Andy. I I just want you to know we're thinking of you. We're praying for you guys through this. And if there's anything we can do, here's my number. Let us know. Please let us know. Well, the next day I received some pictures from them and Bev sent me this picture right here of just ruin, you know? You look at this facility and it was just totally demolished. I drove out and and actually checked it out myself and, and, and it was just totally in ruins. 
once a, a thriving business, once successful, once you know, being very productive, and then all of a sudden, in the blink of an eye, everything changed for Larry and Bev and for their business. It kind of reminds me of our life just a little bit. How in our life, so many times, it seems like we're, we're going through life and things are just great and things are, you know, we think we're fine and everything's just t- going along as we hoped it would and then all of a sudden, boom, something happens. Something takes place and things change. And there's all sorts of different things that can happen in our lives that way. I'm, I know that in this room or watching online or at one of our campuses today, one of you, I know you're thinking to yourself, yeah, I, I, I remember that in my life. Or, or even like right now, I'm going through this. You don't know what happened to me just last week. But those things happen in our lives. And what do we do in those moments? Where do we turn? Where do we find the answers? Where do, we, where do we get the strength in order to go on and to step into it one more day? Where does that come from? Well, we've defined axe to grind simply as this right here. Axe to grind is just simply an issue that needs to be eliminated or changed in our lives so that we can experience the abundant life that God has for us. You know, we talk a lot about that abundant life and it is there for each and every one of us, but, but man, so many times it's so hard to experience when things happen and things change in our life. Today, I wanna challenge us, this word mostly, things need to change. Things need to change. My ax to grind is just simply this. Sunday Christians. <laughs> you know who you are. Sunday Christians. Those who come to church, they listen to the word of God, they even sing the songs maybe, and they put their time in, and then when Monday hits, everything just goes back to the same way. The word that we heard, the wisdom that was shared with us, those principles to apply to our life that we hear on Sunday, we go back into our routine and our daily life through the week, but we don't ever put those things into practice. And the week goes on and we just begin to listen more to what the world says than to what God says. And here's the problem with that because we live in a culture today, in a world today that's saying this. It's saying culture is telling me, culture is telling me that I don't need God or his word. I can make it through life on my own and you know as well as I do, you don't have to look very far to see that that's true. So many people around us, so many things that we watch and fill our minds with, so many things that we read on social media, so many different things are telling us we don't need God or his word. That we can make it through life on our own. And so the Sunday Christian thing is just like, okay, you can go and go through the motions and everything, but then when your life starts crumbling and starts falling apart and the fire hits and destroys your business or cancer comes your way or maybe a relationship begins to break up or something like that happens in your life, you wonder what in the world happened? Well, today I hope that just for a few moments I can speak into that. And the first thing that I think we need to talk about is just simply this. In life, storms will come. Every single one of us, storms will come. 
Several years ago, when my boys were little, we were in a small group, and the small group people, they asked if we'd like to go on a camping trip. So, you know, my idea of camping is driving down the interstate, exiting off, and checking into Holiday and Express. That's my idea of camping. Anybody relate with me on that one today? Yeah, okay. But, uh, you know, I didn't really camp that much, but my boys, man, they were pumped. They were excited. So I borrowed a tent from a friend of mine and some other camping gear, loaded up the minivan, and we headed out to McCormick's Creek. And so when we got there, we drove in, we were late, we were the last ones there, and I looked around, and all the other people in my small group, they were in really nice RVs. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. So we started setting up our campsite, and the boys helped me find a good spot, so to speak, and we set up the tent, we've got everything, and have you ever tried to put a tent together of somebody's, that it didn't belong to you, it was somebody else's tent, you know what I'm talking about? I mean, I had these poles and these things, I had no idea what to do. I hate to admit it, but my 10-year-old actually put it together. We get the tent up and we have a great time with the people that were there and, and, you know, had s'mores around the campfire and we decide then at about midnight to turn it in. So they all go to their luxurious RVs and we go to our tent. We get in the tent and I'm thinking, you know, this is really pretty cool. I'm kind of feeling bad for everybody in the RVs, you know. Because here we are in our tent and we're having this fun with the family. Everybody, the boys are talking and we're, we have our air mattresses pumped up and, and our sleeping bags and we were, you know. But then all of a sudden I heard it. <sighs> Off in the distance. I thought, oh no. See, I, we didn't have cell phones like we have now with all the apps and stuff, and I couldn't really look and see what was going on, but sure enough, a storm was coming. You know, in my life, I, I, I know for sure it's going to storm. If I wash my car and detail it, then it's going to storm the next day. How many, how many agree with that? Yeah, that always happens. Or it's going to storm if I'm going to go camping. That's just going to happen. And so I'm laying there and I'm thinking, oh, please, Lord, no. And here's why, especially. Because my six-year-old Aaron was deathly afraid of storms. I mean, even at our house, when a storm would come, he would run around in the hallways and, and he would scream and he would yell and he would be so afraid. And I thought, oh, Aaron, please, no, don't, don't start doing that. Well, sure enough, it started uh, raining harder. It started lightning and thunder. The wind, the trees started blowing and everything. And all of a sudden, I saw Aaron stand up and he screams at the top of his lungs. And I'm like, oh, Aaron, no. So I pulled him back down and, and I said, no, please don't do it. And he stands back up and he screams again and he unzips the side of the tent and he runs out into the storm. That's really smart. So I get him back into the tent and he's just going crazy and he goes, we need to get out of here because we're gonna die. I'm like, come on. So I, I said, Aaron, just lay down. And so I, I, I laid him down back in his, his bed and then all of a sudden I felt it. My air mattress started floating. Our tent was filling up with water. Whew. All right, let's go. So then we left and we went over to the RV. Do, 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 do. Hey, yeah, can we come in? Storms. Man, it reminded me of a story that we read in Matthew chapter 8. In Matthew chapter 8, we read this story. Jesus is with his disciples, and he's getting ready to cross over the lake to the other side. And he tells them that's what we're going to do. We're going to get in the boat, and we're going to go to the other side. So the disciples get in the boat. Here's what happens. Then he got in the boat, his disciples with him, and the next thing they knew, 
Say that with me. The next thing they knew. How many of you have been there? You're going through life, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, man, something's wrong in my relationship with my spouse. Or all of a sudden, the next thing you know, things aren't as good at, at, at work as they were. Or all of a sudden, the next thing you know, that doctor gives you that diagnosis. These disciples, they're in the boat, and the next thing they knew, they were in a severe storm. Now, these disciples, they've been around water their whole life. I mean, they, they knew about storms, and they knew the severity of it. And if it was a storm that wouldn't be uh, you know, unsafe, or if it was a storm that they better watch out for, they knew all of that stuff. And all of a sudden, the next thing they knew, they were in a severe storm. Waves were crashing into the boat. It says, and Jesus... What was he? Sound asleep. How many of you have ever felt that in your life? When you're getting ready to go through a difficult, tough time, and you wonder, where's Jesus? Where, where's God at in this? Jesus was sound asleep. Other translations say that he had laid his head on a cushion, so we know he was sawing logs. He was out. They roused him, it says. They pleaded with him, Master, save us. Save us. We, we are gonna drown here. Can you picture that in your mind? I mean, they're just like my son Aaron. We're gonna die. Jesus, he gets up and he reprimanded them. It's kind of strange. But he reprimanded them and he said, why are you such cowards and such faint hearts? He stood up and he told the wind to be silent and the sea to quiet down. And he said, silence. And the sea became as smooth as glass. You know, following Jesus doesn't mean that we're not gonna face storms in our life. There's gonna be difficult times. But I can tell you this, that following Jesus and having him there in the boat, even though it may seem he's asleep, following him means that you have a foundation to make it through the storm. And he's gonna calm the sea in your life. How do I know that? Because Jesus said this in John chapter 16. He said, I've told you these things so that, say it with me, so that what? In me, in Jesus, you may have peace. Isn't that what we're all looking for? Peace. In me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. It's gonna happen. But take heart, Jesus says, for I have overcome the world. Storms. I don't know why they come. I wish we did. I, I wish that we knew why we face difficulties in our life and why troubles come our way. I, I wish we did. We probably won't know the answer to that, uh, this side of heaven. But I do know 
And please listen careful to me today. I do know that we have something firm and solid to hold on to, to help us through the storms. So how does that happen? How can that happen in my life and in your life? Well, Jesus told a parable one time. A parable, what is a parable? It's just a story. It's, it's been described as like an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. But he told this parable at the end of Matthew chapter seven. Now Matthew chapter five, chapter six, and chapter seven, three chapters, we basically call it the Sermon on the Mount. It was one of the greatest sermons that's ever been preached by one of the greatest preachers to ever preach a sermon. And at the very end of the sermon, he brings it all down and he concludes it with this parable, with this story. And I think you and I will learn something very important about how we can handle the storms in our life from this story. Here it goes. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall. Why? Because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man, a foolish man who built his house on sand. I wanna ask you today, How's your house? How's your life? What are you building your life today upon? What is it? What are you building your life upon? I don't think that any of us desire to build our, we start out building our life and saying, you know, I'm gonna build it on sand. That's what I'm gonna build it on. Or we don't begin our careers and get married and start to have kids and build a family and all of that and then we desire for it just to fall apart and crumble. I don't think any of us experience like that. That's not what we want. We want to build a life, something that matters, something that is good. We wanna experience that abundant life that we talk about. But so many times we build our life on the wrong thing. You see, those two men that day, they had a lot in common. The first thing is this, they both wanted to build a life, they both wanted to build a house, the second thing is this, they both were listening to the words of Jesus because it says anyone who hears these words of mine. So we know that they were at least hearing what Jesus was teaching. And the third thing is that they both were facing storms. I think that's a lot like you and me here today. Those of us who go to church, we, we both, all of us here in this place and watching online or at one of our campuses, I know you wanna build your life. You want things to go well. And, and we're all listening to the words of Jesus. We hear it week in and week out, so powerfully proclaimed to us each and every week. And we hear those words. And all of us, too, we're experiencing storms and difficulties in our life. Like Joey said earlier, you know, you're either going into a storm, you're in a storm, or you're coming out of a storm. That's just kind of the way life is sometimes. And so we're just like those two men in so many ways. But the difference was this. Jesus said one of them was wise and one of them was foolish. 
And one who was wise built his life on a rock, on a solid, firm foundation. The other one built his life on sand. My axe to grind. So we have too many Sunday Christians who hear the word of God and yet they're not building their life on it. They're not putting it into practice in their life. So that brings me to this question, what does it mean? What does it mean to build your life on the rock? What does that mean? Well, let's go back to Matthew chapter seven, verse 24. Here's what it says. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, everyone, it doesn't mean if you've been in church uh, week after week after week or year after year after year, or you are here at one of our campuses for the very first time. This message is for you. Jesus says, everyone, everyone who hears these words of mine, which you're hearing today and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his life on a rock. That's what it means. That's what it means, putting into practice what he said or actually doing it in our life. Now, I don't know if you remember, several months ago, we had a guest speaker and he talked to us and challenged us to do the do. Do you remember that? Do the do. Well, all of us at our campuses, uh, I was kind of excited about this. They told us we could get some Mountain Dews and we could actually throw them out to some people. And so I love Mountain Dew. I knew some people in our congregation, in our, in our church, they love Mountain Dew too. And uh, so I was ready to throw it out. I love to throw things. And so I got my Mountain Dew and I, I reared back and I threw the first one out and it went up and hit the ceiling and dropped to the floor. How disappointing, how embarrassing. Well, then I took the other Mountain Dew and I threw it this way out there and it planted some girl right in the face. So me doing the do that day wasn't really great. But that's what it means to build your life on the rock. It means to actually do what God, God's word asks us to do, to put it into practice. Let me ask you, when was the last time you put into practice something you learned from what Pastor Danny shared or one of the other pastors here? When was the last time you left this place and actually put into practice something that you learned? What does it look like? What does it look like to do that? Well, you know, a lot of times we think, man, it's, it's like uh, going to church. It's like being a part of uh, a serve team. It may be going on a mission trip or maybe it's sending my kids to Christian school or whatever it might be. There's all these things that we can do. But that's not necessarily all that it is. It goes so much deeper than that. The book of James tells us it's not just hearing the word of God, but it's actually doing it. It's, not, it's like a man who goes and looks at his face in the mirror and then he forgets what he looks like. And that's my ax to grind. Those of us who come to church and we hear things that we can apply to our life, but we forget it during the week and we, we listen to the things of the world or we'll talk to a friend before we go to God's word. We do all these sorts of things. But what it looks like to build on the rock, first of all, is this. It's putting the word of God in your life daily. Putting the word of God in your life daily. That's so important. And we hear that. And, it, and it being in God's word and ingesting it into your life. 
One of the greatest things you could ever say to Pastor Danny or somebody else who communicates God's word to you is this. You could go up and you could say, you know what, what I learned today, I actually applied it to my life and it's changing my life because it will. That's what it means and that's what it looks like to build on the rock putting the word of God in your life daily, but then it also means this right here, because you can put all the word in your life, but if you don't obey the word, if you don't obey, we, we don't like that word, obedience, uh, we, we don't like that, we like abundant life, we like happiness, we like peace, we like joy, and we like all of those great things that come from following Jesus, and all of those things do, but you know what I've found out in my life? I've found out that all of those things are not gonna happen unless, first of all, I actually obey what God says. Then those things begin to take place in my life. Wow. Romans 12 verse two just simply says this right here. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind, allowing God's word to come in and to change you and be obedient to that in your life. I'm so thankful that we have a pastor that is willing to stand up here week in and week out and preach the truth of God's word to you and to me. Are you thankful for that today, church? Are you thankful to that for that? Amen. I hope that you are. I hope that you are because it's not that way in many churches today. George Barna did a survey of a thousand Christian pastors. And here's what they found out. They found out this, that only 37% of Christian pastors today possess a biblical worldview. What's a biblical worldview? A biblical worldview is just this. It's, it's us being able to put together our talks, our messages based upon what God's word says, looking at things in life, uh, how we respond to things, what our opinion is about something. Now, all these things that are taking place in our world today, filtering all of that through what God's word says. And only one out of three pastors today say that they possess a biblical worldview. No wonder we're in the mess that we are in today in our world. No wonder Sunday Christians even are confused because they're going to church, but they're not hearing the word of God. The word of God is powerful and it changes us. And if we, are, if we are willing in our lives to put it in our lives daily and obey what it says, that's building your life on the rock. A friend of mine, he's a pastor in Texas. He posted this a couple weeks ago. I thought it was great. He says this, nothing can do what God's word can do. Do you guys believe that, church? Nothing can do what God's word can do. We've got to believe in that. But if you're not in it, you can't get anything out of it and you won't grow. Being in his word, practicing what it says, building your life on the rock. Psalm 119 verse 89 says this, your word, Lord, is eternal. Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. A thousand years from now, uh, you know, we may not, we won't be here. We will be gone. Many won't even remember who we were. But if the Lord tarries, his word will still be here. God's word is firm and it is strong and you can depend upon it. 
At the beginning of my message today, I showed you a picture of a fire. Well, in this picture, in the very back, you can see kind of a little gold uh, section there. And what that is right there, in this fire, a firefighter pulled that out and he gave it to Larry and Bev. And he said this was the only recognizable thing in that whole fire. Everything else was totally demolished, but here is the only thing that we found. And they gave it to them. And here's what it said. It was a plaque. And it says this right here. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. The word of God. Even in ruin, even in despair, even when storms come your way, even when you don't know what you're going to do, the word of God is there for you and it will never forsake you. His word is true and I wanna tell you today, you can bet your life upon it and build your life upon in it, upon the word of God. Can I get an amen to that today, church? Build your life upon his word and it will change you forever because here's the deal. Your foundation will determine your future. What are you building on today? That's the question that I wanna end with. What kind of foundation are you in your life building? I just want you to think about that just for a few minutes. What kind of foundation are you building on? Here's how you know if you're building on the rock. Ask yourself some of these questions. When was the last time that you actually were generous because you know that God's word says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive? When was the last time in your life that you actually forgave someone because God's word says you've been forgiven so then in turn we need to forgive? When was the last time in your life that you actually stopped someone from gossiping about somebody else because you know that in God's word, it tells us not to do that, not to gossip about someone else, and so you stopped it. When was the last time in your life you actually didn't go to that party because you know the Bible says that good uh, company corrupts, uh, bad company corrupts good character? When was the last time you actually turned that movie off or you clicked off that website because you know God's word tells us that we shouldn't put anything vile or unworthy in front of our eyes? That's how you know you're building on the rock is when you and I deliberately make those decisions in our life to say, hey, this relationship is crumbling. I'm going to change. I'm going to humble myself and do what I can to make this work. This alcohol in my life is destroying things and I'm going to do whatever it takes in my life in order to get this right. What kind of a foundation are you building on? On the rock or on sand? Because Jesus said, if you're building on the sand, destruction will come your way. But if you're building on the rock, yeah, the storms are gonna come. The tough times are gonna be there. But you're gonna stand firm because you've built on me. Maybe some of us today need a renovation in our foundation. We need to take a deep look within our life 
and make some changes and actually get rid of this Sunday Christian thing and allow what we hear to affect the way we are out there. Maybe you're here today and you've never ever stepped into building your life on a foundation. I had somebody say to me earlier this morning, they said, I, I didn't even, I wasn't even building a, a foundation. I was just playing in the sand. Maybe today you need to step out of that and step into what Jesus has for you. And if that's you today, I wanna call you to that. Don't put it off anymore. Jesus is saying, you can trust me. And here's what he did for you. He came to this earth and he died. He went to the cross for you. He took your place and my place. He, he allowed those nails to be driven through his hands and through his feet for you and for me. And he says, I love you just the way you are. Come to me, begin something new in your life. Step into what I have for you and you're gonna find out that it's sweet and it is so good. Oh, it's gonna be difficult. There's gonna be hard times, but I'm gonna be there for you. So if that's you today and you're ready to step into that, I wanna help lead you in that. I'm gonna say a prayer right now and I want you to join with me in this prayer. Make this prayer your own and accept Jesus into your life and what he has done for you. Would you bow your head and would you pray with me? God, thank you for loving me so much. Lord, I, I don't even really know where to begin, but I just know that I wanna trust in you. I believe in you, Lord. And I accept into my life what you have done for me. Lord Jesus, help me as I step into this new walk with you, this new journey. Father, I desire to build my life upon the rock. I don't wanna be foolish, I wanna be wise. And so God, thank you for providing for me a way through your son, Jesus Christ. I love you and I thank you for all that you've done for me. And God, help me now as I take my next steps and as I grow in my walk with you. Thank you, God, for saving me. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Wow, if you've prayed that prayer with me today, we wanna say congratulations. Would you give it up for those who have prayed that with me today? We wanna help you. We wanna help you walk into this new journey with Jesus. There's so many people here who love this journey, who are walking this journey, who are building their life on the rock, and we wanna help you do that. The first way we're gonna do that is by this. We want you to have one of these. This is just our saved box, and uh, in, in this box there's a Bible, uh, the Word, Word of God. There's a piece of paper in here that tells you uh, your next steps. It talks about baptism, how you can be baptized and what that means going public with your faith. In fact, August 6th and 7th, we're going to have another baptism weekend here. And we want to encourage you to make that decision in your life. And then also there's a 
a coffee cup because we love coffee here at Emmanuel Church too. But please, if this is you today, and I pray that there's several of you, many of you here today who have stepped into this, please text the word SAVED to 65248. At any of our campuses today, text the word SAVED to 65248. And then on your way out, stop at the information desk, grab one of these SAVED box, and that'll help you. If you're watching online, we will mail one of these to you. Just fill out the connection information and we will get that to you but again we're so excited once again would you give it up for what God has done and how he's moving and how he's working in our church today thank you Lord Jesus we're going to build our life on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and all of God's people said try it again all of God's people said Amen and amen. Amen. I'm going to pray for us and then we'll turn it back over to the local teams. God, thank you so much for today and the opportunity to learn more of what it means to follow you. Lord, I pray if there's someone here for the first time today, Lord, I pray that they will begin that journey too, that they will see us, this church and all of our campuses as places of refuge, places of safety, places, God, where they can learn and where they can grow, where they can come to you and they can grow in you. And so God, I pray that that will happen. Lord, move among us. We want to be built upon you and upon your word. God, help us to stand upon the truth. This world so desperately needs it. And so God, I pray that for all of our campuses, that God, you would just move through us and in us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're going to turn it back over to our local teams.